Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 156 of a Sober Girl's Guide podcast. This is a very, very special episode. What you are about to listen to is the live recording from our very first live podcast event. This event was so spectacular. It was sold out, and we want to give a huge shout out to our partners, Nemesis Coffee, for providing the absolutely stunning just downright dreamy location. And also our bar sponsor, Liars. If you have not checked out Liars, what are you waiting for? They are the OG of non-alcoholic spirits and they do not disappoint. From the amazing packaging, if you are a packaging lover like I am, you will flip your lid for Liars. But what's even better is what's in the packaging. These non-alcoholic spirits have been tried, tested, and true, and they are absolutely delicious. So without further ado, let's get into our beautiful live conversation with our three panelists at Nemesis in Vancouver, BC. My interviews over Zoom, usually in my bedroom and absolutely in my pajamas. So I think this is a little bit of a step up (laughs) from my regular interviewing process. Uh, Tonight we're going to be talking about about sobriety as a spectrum. So this is a very inclusive, open conversation. If you are a drinker, a non-drinker, you're sober, sober curious, or you were just dragged here by a friend or loved one, this is a conversation for you. Um, this is not about changing you. We're not here to convert you. But if you're into that, you can meet me by the washroom after the show. Uh, but this is an inclusive conversation, and you are all welcome here. So, with that being said, let's bring up our amazing panelist of women, and let's get this conversation started. Come on up, ladies. Also, I might add, due to technical difficulties, y'all will be sharing one microphone. Carl, are we recording? Okay, cool. I totally forgot to check with you. Yeah. Um, Katie, why don't you hold it? All right. Okay, cool. All right. Oh, let's get comfy. Hello? Yeah. It's on. We're just rolling with it. Um, Okay, so first of all, we have Carrie the lovely co-founder from Zen Den. You may know her in Gastown. Amazing meditation. <laughs> and, and then we have Katie from Sober Saturdays. She's the founder of Sober Saturdays. And then we have Carolina, and she is a celebrity photographer and just an all-around amazing Vancouver woman. Yeah. All right. Rapid-fire questions. So... Go down the line. Um, in terms of your relationship with alcohol, how do you identify? Um, I'm living an alcohol-free life. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Katie? Yeah, I live an alcohol-free life also. Um, it's been a little interesting. I have been studying a little bit more with, like, um, Gabor Mate and whatnot. And so mm. before I was really big into just, like, avoiding alcohol, but now I'm kind of, like, understanding, at least for me, it's more of a trauma response. So I'm kind of 
still at like a new level of my relationship with alcohol where I'm not afraid of it, I don't have addictive tendencies towards it, um, I'm able to say no if I want to. Most of the time I choose no, um, but yeah, over the last year there's been times when I've like had a shot of tequila or something and absolutely nothing bad has happened to me, um, but that's just where I'm at now. Cool. Yeah, yeah I say I'm sober, alcohol free day. Yeah. Um, and Gabor Mate, because I did a night. Oh, damn. I was like, I need something, you know. My friend was like, I did this thing, and she showed me the documentary, and yeah. opened up my eyes, and yeah, here I am. Um, I'm definitely going to need to talk to you after this, because I'm going to the Dominican Republic, and I'm doing ayahuasca. Yowza. Yeah, I'll tell you about that podcast. That's a whole nother show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, when did you first realize you had an unhealthy relationship with alcohol? All right, well, I used to always tell myself um, I had things under control. Mm-hmm. You know, I would take a month off drinking every once in a while. I'm like, you know, my friends around me could only take a week off, but I could take a month. I would always challenge myself. Yeah. And then I, one of my one-month sobriety stints I did, I um, went to a Reiki healer. Oh, so okay. I was working for a Too Faced Cosmetics yeah. chocolate company. Um, and I had benefits packaged for the first time ever. So I'm like, okay, this can't go to waste. It's September. It's going to expire soon. So I researched like massage therapists. I was like, hey, I'm not interested in like massage, but can you give me a Reiki healing? Yeah. And I'll never forget it. I remember sitting down with her. She didn't say anything. It wasn't like an intuitive guidance. It was just Reiki. I sat down with her after and just bawled my eyes out. I was like, I can't drink. I can't do this. Like, yeah. I always describe it like the veil was lifted and I was able to finally see what I was doing. Yeah. The stories I was telling myself, that I was like telling people like, oh no, when I'm 40, you know, I was 26. And I was like, when I'm 40, this is probably when I'm gonna stop. Like, yeah. I have things under control. So yeah, it's the Reiki healing kind of opened my eyes. So I'd see her once a week and then the benefits package, you know, dried up. Yeah. So when you were like working with your Reiki healer, what what was coming up for you? Like, was that a like a safe space to be like, whoa, actually, maybe alcohol isn't helping my life. Actually, maybe it's hindering it. Yeah, it was just like something clicked. Like mm. it was it finally I was able to reconnect with like my true self and like my authentic self and see these like lies I would tell myself. It was just this like yeah. inner knowing. Mm-hmm. It's like what ayahuasca does or, yeah. you know, it's just, I, I just knew what like the stories I was saying. And, yeah. and I was, you know, I'd scare away every guy. I'm like, I wanted to find a partner <laughs> and I would scare away every guy drunk. I'd be like, yeah. drunk and I'm BPD as well, which is borderline personality disorder. So okay. that would booze and you got trouble. <laughs> So I'd be very emotional yeah. when it came to relationships and mix booze with it and scare away every guy. So, yeah, yeah I kind of oh, had to it's tough. That, you know, I'm like, maybe I should be sober. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. Okay. Sweet. Thanks for Reiki. The question, I think I might have rambled. No, you're good. <laughs> Ramble on. Um, I guess mine was a little different. So, like, I am a DJ. I work in the service industry. I worked in clubs since I was 18. Mm. Um, I grew up in foster care, and so I went to a new school every single year of my life. I didn't have any time to make friends. Uh, when I aged out of the system, I got sent back to Alberta, um, and I didn't know how to make friends. And so I was of legal drinking age there, where I wasn't when I was in BC. So I started going to some clubs to make some friends, and then I was the regular there, so they asked me to work there. And then, so I worked in the clubs for like, I don't know, 10 years, and um, you know, all my friends were really great at dressing up, partying, you know, after party, like after parties, I'd be with all these like fabulously dressed people, and you know, we would stay up for like three days, having these like big worldly conversations about businesses or art we were gonna make, and then we just never did because we were always hungover. 
Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I was like, man, we've got great ideas, but none of us are doing them. Yeah. Um, but so at one party I was at, one of my friends kind of like looked around. I just remember he was like smoking a cigarette and he was like, you know, we're all addicts, right? And I was like, okay. I was like, what? Me? Like, I remember like my friends like sh- shrugged it off, but like, like I grew up in the amongst addiction. And so like I have been watching my family slowly deteriorate in front of my eyes for my whole life. And so the perspective that I had, my friends didn't have that and they didn't realize that we were doing what my parents had done and mm. are continuing to do. And so for me, that was a really big moment because I had to be like, ooh, we are doing that, aren't we? Um, mm. And so having to go back to the club that weekend or like, you know, having to, um, you know, work at festivals or do these things where I was still surrounded by these substances and these, like alcohol mostly was my, the big one for me because when you're at a club, you know, I would try not to drink and I'm working there and there's literally nothing for me to drink while I'm there. It's like bar orange juice, which like as a sensitive person who like, you know, I try and eat really healthy and stuff, it was like the stuff would make me feel really crappy. And then, yeah, so pretty much I just noticed that I was doing things that my family had done, but I had a certain perspective that let me, I don't know, take accountability over it. And so I decided that I needed to sort of like inception my friends because none of them None of us had that, like hit like a rock bottom, as you hear a lot of people in recovery talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't want them to, and I didn't want to. And so I figured I needed to create a situation that looked fun enough and exciting enough and tasted good enough um, that we, we would want to participate by choice and not because we, we had to avoid a substance at that point. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of just what I've been doing, trying to integrate alcohol-free products that are high quality um, into festivals and like beautiful establishments like this because you know, as someone who hasn't drank in a long time, like, I've got money to spend on high-quality drinks if I could find them, yeah. you know? I'm sure all of y'all are thirsty, too, so, yeah, that's kind of just where I'm at now. Cool. Um, this is really interesting because I actually messaged Jess three days before um, my sobriety date telling her that I was done um, having photos of myself with my eyes glazed over at get-togethers and parties. And, uh, and yeah, that was late May. And then I had on my calendar, in my calendar, June 1st, it was time to level up. And at the time, I didn't know if it was alcohol. I knew I just wanted to get better. And the universe provided that with a uh, concussion and a black eye. And, uh, and that was it. So um, I was just tired of um, my, you know, managing my alcohol intake as a part-time job. Um, I knew I didn't like how it made me feel and the anxiety and depression was awful. Mm. And uh, I always did my best when I would do the dry Januaries, when I would take seven months off, when I would take years off, but I felt so good that I thought I should go back. And uh, here I am. Very common. Right? It's like, Like, oh, I've I've done that. I've I've achieved that. Like, it's not that alcohol. No, it couldn't be the No, alcohol. it's the situation. Yeah. It's the time of year. Totally. It's the breakup. It's him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so here I am, almost uh, a year, living alcohol-free, and I actually met my husband. Yeah. And, uh, and we've never seen each other have an alcoholic beverage together. We've never been drunk together. We've never... We've uh, never been buzzed together. We've never tasted alcohol on each other's lips, and um, I love it. It's the best, yeah. and, uh, and I love it. I always looked for that missing puzzle piece in my life, and my life, mm-hmm. I have a beautiful life, and it's, it's been gorgeous, amazing friends and family, and, uh, and I kept looking everywhere for it, and it's just alcohol. I call it, um, mm-hmm. I'm allergic to it, and um, if I drink, it will kill me. I truly believe that, not to uh, get... Yeah. Too depressing about it. No, it's all good. I say it's like my peanut allergy without an EpiPen. Yeah. Mm. That's that. I like how you you said that. Carolina, I want to just back it up and talk about relationships. A little kind of tidbit of how you guys have never seen each other drunk or even drinking alcohol in front of each other. What does that do for your relationship? Well, um, I remember every date, most of... uh, most of the beautiful times we spent together, the beginning, the middle, um, to tonight. Like, you just yeah. remember everything. And 
you know, it's, it's been so beautiful. We get to be truly present with one another and, uh, and we have other ways of having fun. <laughs> oh, there's plenty of ways. Yes, definitely. Fights. Like, no, I remember I used to, I, once I, I went to Jamaica and it was an all-inclusive resort and the guy I was with at the time, uh, he said, do you really need another one? And I meant to lightly kick him with um, <laughs> foot on his shoulder, but I got him in the eye oh. uh, accidentally. Uh, and then he woke up with a giant black eye, and uh, and then we ha- and I was shooting a wedding there, so oh. I obviously didn't want to be the person that um, abuses their boyfriend. Yeah, to right. The story. So yeah, I just don't have to make anything up anymore. It's great. Oh, yeah. yes. And you, I feel like that would kind of like <laughs> that would kind of like keep the innocence in your relationship. Yeah. Right? Like, the, it would keep it kind of, I mean, for lack of better words, like, p- really pure. Because there's no, like, substance getting in the way or causing any, like, emotional flare-ups or inner chatter. And just sitting with your feelings. Like, whatever yeah. we're feeling, it's, it's our truth. It's not lubed up by some, you know, tequila or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, so... I highly recommend it if you're struggling in your relationship, giving, you know, taking a little bit of time off together without drinking. Yeah. It makes a world of difference for sure. That's so yeah. cool. I love that. Yeah. Goals, relationship goals. Yeah. Like, even thinking about this from a friend perspective too. So like while I was making friends when I was younger, my, I would only see my friends when I was going out to drink. And so they mm. only knew me in that, in that light. Like, we didn't hang out when we were hungover, and, like, we definitely weren't going for coffee dates together. So when yeah. I quit drinking, I'm like, I knew who I was, but they didn't know who I was. And so when I would try and hang out with them, they didn't like me. <laughs> they didn't like me. And that makes sense because the version of me that they fell in love with wasn't who they were meeting now. And so uh. one of the most beautiful things for me about not drinking is, like, the friendship. So, like... I know that when I'm hanging out with someone when I'm sober, like, they like me, no matter how crazy I may seem to other people, it's like, Mm -hmm. they want to see me, and that's really beautiful for me that I don't have to show up in, like, a way that's entertaining or, you know, feeling pressured that I need to be a certain way. Yeah. I can relate to that. And that's so draining, like, basically showing up and performing, right? It's, It's an actual performance, like, when you step into this different person or, like, to drunk Jessica or drunk Katie, like, you know, it's, it's definitely an act and that's so draining and it's brutal. I totally get it. But, and I, it's, I get that question all the time. Like, oh, if I quit drinking, am I going to lose friends? 100%. But like, are they actually your friends? Like, do they actually know you or do they know just like club Katie? Yeah. Do you want to? So my, Ride or die, one of my bestest friends. Um, she actually works in the booze industry, and our relationship hasn't changed at all. It's only gotten better. Yeah. Because, well, we have a whole career of drinking together, and now it's just transformed into something different and even better. So, Aww. yeah, you don't lose them all. You just lose the ones that weren't your real friends to begin with. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, totally. Sometimes they come back around, too. Yeah. Like some of them oh. Like, no, you're so yeah. And then, like, a year later, they're like, oh, wait, you're cool. You're still cool. Yeah. Yeah. Same person under here. (laughs) Definitely. It's so funny because my partner, Andrew, back there, uh, we actually met in 2012. And he's like, yeah, come over to, you know, Penthouse parties at his place. And he Water Street and Gastown. You've been to some wild parties. (laughs) Phone parties on the rooftop. And. They had revolving doors, and it's just crazy. Yeah, and did. so a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol, and that's kind of how it was. It's so funny because um, I had the biggest crush on him because I actually wrote down my dream man in 2009. Aww. And I was like, blonde, wavy hair, green eyes, sexy voice, like actor. Like, he's literally, he's a voice actor, too. So, if you hear his voice. <laughs> so I went and met him in 2012. I was like, holy crap. So I became kind of, like, obsessed with him. I was like, yeah, I'm going to marry him. I would journal. I'm like, I'm going to marry him. And I, one of those journal entries, I scared him away. I was drunk, and I called him so many times. Like, I would talk him. Oh, like, no. So, yeah, and when we reconnected 2017, I was a year and a half sober. But oh. he was still kind of drinking, and I was like, you got to get it together. Like, I was like, I'm sober, and 
Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's sober now too. So. So did, how did that? Did did he kind of see you and like your path that you were on, and did he want a piece of that, or how did that yeah, work out? Well, <laughs> well, he wanted a piece of it, but uh, a yeah. piece of sobriety. Yeah, he, was, he was like struggling with his stuff. He had just gone out of a breakup too, so I think okay. it was really hard. And I was like, all right, let me just pick you up. We're going to do this together. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, he went sober, and a lot of people, he was on a TV show, so he went to L.A. for this event, and everyone's like, wow, you're sober. And so he came, came back, he's like, I think this is it. I think I need to. Wow. And just the response from people. And, yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is just the respect you get. Yeah. Like, that's what I was like. Yeah. I became in, in love with that, like, the respect. And mm-hmm. how people would totally. respond to me, I just felt more, I don't know, it was just different. And it's an accomplishment I think mm-hmm. you know in, in a world that is so like promoting alcohol and promoting this you know inebriated state to go against that is an act of like rebellion mm-hmm. essentially yeah. mm. I think what it is is respect but also inspiration a lot of people struggle with it yeah and, uh, and they see you as light they see you as uh, a yeah. possibility I just had one of my good friends message me saying today was her last day of drinking. Whoa. And, and whether it is or not, I fully love and support her, and I love that yeah. she's on that journey, and I was the first person she, she uh, messaged me. But, but she's having her wine tonight, and I hope she really enjoys it. Yeah. And hopefully tomorrow is day one for her. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also think it gives you, like for me... I, I found through a lot of like my trauma growing up because I've been through a lot of childhood trauma um, is like being silly without alcohol because for me being silly and connecting with that inner child is really what helps me work through those things and as an adult mm. uh, people don't know how to access that and they use alcohol a lot you know to dance or you know men my, my dad would tell me like when he was he would meet up with these men and he would drink scotch and that's when they would talk about their emotions. And it was like, too bad y'all couldn't just sit at a table and talk about that, you know? Like, too bad you had to get wasted in order to do that. But so, like, my favorite thing is, like, I'll go to, like, for example, when I was trying to be able to dance. So for me, I guess, how do I explain this? For me, I realized some reasons why I was drinking. Like, when I would go to the club, I was like, I feel too nervous to dance. And I really wanted to dance. But I noticed that I, I would try and get, like, I would need alcohol before that. So then mm. I would, like, set up these little experiments for myself. I'd be like, okay, you're going to go to the dance floor at 10 p.m. and you're going to stay there till 2. And it doesn't matter how awkward you look. If you feel weird, just, like, close your eyes. I'm like, what's the worst <laughs> thing that's going to happen? So it's going to be, like, nice dance rooms? And I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you're, you. You're projecting. Yeah, like, get out of here. Um, but it was really interesting what actually ended up happening once I worked through those thoughts and I had just started dancing. Like, People would come up to me and they'd have drinks in their hands and they'd be like, what do you want? And I'd be like, nothing. Life, then, baby. They just put their drinks down. And then I was like, whoa, I'm having this like experience where I'm seeing the ripple effect of me just putting this down and realizing that we're all just drinking because we're all just drinking and we all just actually want to be silly. And so I kind of just create these like scenarios where I'm like, you think if you're worried that you're gonna be awkward, I'm like, just look at me. You're fine. You know, like, <laughs> I'm gonna do the weirdest thing here to make you feel comfortable, and then in turn you're gonna do that, and then everyone's just gonna be comfortable and awkward together. But so I don't. Yeah, that was my tangent. That was just one of the many reasons that I love you. Like, <laughs> look how silly can this get? Absolutely. Um, I feel like these questions are just going out the window here. Um, I mean, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but like how. Has your your life changed since, you know, going booze free or putting alcohol down? Like, what it, what are you, the things that you've noticed about your life that have really impacted you and changed? The first year I find is like the most like wow eye opening. Like so many changes I find. Yeah. Um, like what happened to you in your first year? The biggest thing I noticed because remember I would always cycle. So the right. first thing I would always notice is just the clarity. And my okay. intuition and how you like, wow. Yeah, intuition. And then, yeah, yeah, intuition would be like, Definitely. Whoa. And just so clear. Like, you really do feel like a, a fog, like an energetic fog. Yeah. And, you know, you're just kind of in this weird state. Um, but I just feel like there's so many changes. Like, my first year was just crazy. Like, I moved apartments, and I just felt like I was actually doing more. I felt mm. more productive. Whenever I was drinking... I was disconnected from my spiritual, my spiritual, you know, self and practice. Yeah, I would be yeah. totally 
and I would just be so consumed in my social life and just that's all that mattered. Yeah. Like, I set no goals for myself when I would be drinking. Like, yeah. I wouldn't really get things done. And, yeah, I was just always kind of living for the party, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm still doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but that also, I like, more energy now. yeah, but, like, living that way in that, in that kind of pattern almost, it's like a hamster wheel of, like, you know, you're trying to move the wheel forward. Like, you're trying to, like, be productive in your life and, and reach these goals that, you know, I think we all have, right? That, that, that's mm-hmm. kind of the process of life is to grow and to expand and, and really kind of get the most out of this time that we have on Earth. But, like, alcohol just kind of keeps you in this stagnant place. It's yeah. like wiping your ass with a hoop. <laughs> I know, it's a gross visual. Uh, blame it on my mom. <laughs> I think, yeah, the, one of the biggest, I don't know, paradigm shifts for me was, like, I'm realizing all the false narratives that I had created about myself. Like, when working in a club every weekend, you know, I'm habitually hungover for, like, 10 years. And so even when I quit drinking, like, I'd wake up on Saturday, like, my body would act hungover. And I'm like, you didn't drink anything. You're fine. Like, but, like, my body was so used to doing these things, like, You know, I'd be like, oh, like, I would inherently believe that I was bad at doing my homework or that I couldn't show up as a friend, that I was a bad friend. And these weren't things that are true to my characteristics, but if you, you know, put me in an environment where I'm habitually trying to go to university while trying to be hungover, while trying to make money. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com A-S-G-G today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash A-S-G-G. To survive, I'm going to start developing these characteristics that make me act in a certain way. And if I do that long enough, I'm going to believe that that's who I am. And taking alcohol out of that made me realize that, like, I'm actually not a bad friend. Like, I'm actually, like, really good at showing up on time. Like, I'm actually a really creative person. I just couldn't access those things because I was so busy, you know, like, living in that habit. And not, I had no space away from it because I started drinking before I was 18. And I didn't until I was, like, 26. And so I didn't know. I didn't even know that I was another person under there. Like, I thought, I thought that that's who I was. So it was really cool to like look in the mirror and be like, oh, wait, you're actually really sweet. <laughs> Maybe my friends who drink and my family members who drink too are the same under there, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I thought um, not drinking alcohol would solve everything. Mm. Um, you know? You just Spoiler think, alert. Well, yeah. Not so much. So I thought, okay, if I'm going to quit drinking, everything is going to be fucking perfect. And... Um, <laughs> You know, (laughs) things are amazing, but they're definitely not perfect. And I think oftentimes from what I hear is 
life is way better than it was drinking, but it's not as good as you thought it would be, so you go back to it. Mm. And um, I will never drink again. I can say that with uh, full conviction. Um, but it's still hard, you know? I thought, ooh, I used to get the worst anxiety and depression after drinking. Mm. I still deal with anxiety and I still deal with depression. Yeah. But it's a hell of a lot better. And uh, yeah. yeah, I highly recommend it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I think like even speaking about that, um, like taking alcohol out of my life meant I had to step up for myself more. So it's like, like you're mm. saying, like I still it's like I have PTSD, anxiety, depression, you know, like all of these fun things that I like ADHD, you know, everything. I no longer take any medication for things, which is a roller coaster on its own. Um, but you know, when I'm gonna have a panic attack, you know, before I would be like alcohol or Ativan, and now it's like, okay, now I've educated myself. Like I know about floral essences, you know, I know about tapping meditation. I have like toolkits and things. And so when you take out alcohol, it doesn't make the anxiety and the depression go away. It takes away the immediate thing to make it leave, but it's not long term. And so, mm. you know, it was really cool. I got really angry as an adult, like, not that long ago. And, like, I haven't been, like, that raging anger as an adult, like, since, like, high school. I was like, you want to fight on the playground? Like, I had to call my friend and was like, I'm going to fight a full-grown man. Like, I don't know how to process this. And, like, I know I can't do that. Um, and, but it was really interesting because, you know, before I would have, like, done something self-sabotageous where I would be like, let's go get wasted or, like, blah, 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 blah. And, like, instead I sat, sat with this, like, really uncomfortable anger for a moment and then was like, no, you're smart enough. You're in charge of this body. Like, what tools can you use in this moment? And then I got to experience my own learning and then talk about it after. And I was like, wow, that only lasted 15 minutes, whereas, like, like I would have hurt someone before, you know? Like, yeah. So it's really cool to see your progress as you go and to implement the tools that you learn because it, I don't know if it's the same for everyone else, but, like, some of them are, like, you know when your therapist tells you something, they're like, oh, if you're feeling anxious like go for a, a little walk and you're like freaking walk is it gonna work and yeah. you, like, get outside and you're like damn it i feel better and you're like what is this <laughs> and so just like i have like a little list of things that i do where i'm like okay every day at 12 i walk my dog like every day i have a morning routine you know where i meditate and i write my manifestations or like you know do whatever i do that makes me feel good and i do those things every single day as my my practice to myself so that i don't get to those points where i'm like my, I'm reactory. I'm reacting in those ways that are negative or that are detrimental to like my own health or the people around me. Yeah. But it's like once you realize you have those powers within yourself, and we yeah. can educate each other to be like, like who knew that tapping would change your parasympathetic nervous system and you would no longer have PTSD, panic attacks? Like, yeah. No one told me that. You know. Yeah. Like, no one told me that. But we also weren't open to options, no. right? Like alcohol, we were getting something from alcohol. Mm. You know, even though we didn't necessarily want to, like, drink it all the time, it didn't make us feel good or do good things, like, we were still getting something from alcohol. Totally. Well, you know, like some kind of medication. Well, and I think it's cool, too, to even hear about how you were able to use your benefits to get Reiki. Like, yeah. You know, like, I went to school for Eastern medicine. I've worked in clinics my whole life, and, like, your benefits don't always get you things like that. And yeah. so to, to see how someone that was having addictive tendencies did experience something like that and it was supported by like the government and it helped you that immensely is like we need more of that you know it's like yeah that, are, like, exactly Reiki too and like Reiki changed my life and it changes my life all the time and it's like yeah. not something that you learn like when you're in western medicine school you know like yeah but it's like yeah it just blows my mind but I mean, that's what it's about, right? Alternatives. Alternative. We're here to learn and grow and expand, and the more alternatives, the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what like, I find when you're sober, you're, you're forced to face yourself. Okay. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. away with that thing with alcohol, and it's so hard, I find, for people. Like, I have a friend right now, and it's, it's just heartbreaking. Like, it's so hard for her. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, you know, gotta try other methods. Come on. Um, they just yeah. keep putting her in, like, uh, you know, detox centers and stuff like that like you gotta try these alternatives you know yeah. like yeah. and all these things that have helped me and um she's not so spiritual so that's why it is hard for some people okay right? but uh, just be open you know be open yeah. to yeah. these things and honestly like i tried everything and anything like theta healing reconnective oh, healing yeah. bioenergy healing emotion total like just give me it all and yeah. i do feel like all like in the early stages of my sobriety just putting the work in is like the most important thing yeah. 
and listening to your intuition. Like I was never a cat person, and I kept getting the message of get a cat, get a cat. And I was like, oh, I'm like, cats. like oh, really? oh my god, right yeah. I get it. I want a cat. And I, it was I'm like the scratchy tongue. Like this is so weird. I wanted a cat. I grew up with this meanest cat, so I was so I was always a dog person. But oh my god, my cat is such a killer. And yeah, it was early. I was two months sober, and I needed like I needed a little animal. So I did find even that living alone, being sober, losing all my friends. I was like, so I would just I would I stopped even working out because I'd be so excited to go home into my little cat after work. So healing. Like cats are so healing. So it's another thing. Yeah. Listen to your intuition, but also of your animal. Yeah. Also get a cat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my dog did the same thing for me. Like when I was depressed, um, you know, growing up without, like, I don't have any parents. No one's ever checking in on me or anything. And so, like, if I get depressed, like, I just, like, I won't comb my hair. I'll just stay in my little house. Like, no one knows anything. And so when I got my dog, it was like, that was the intention. It was like, I need help to get outside. Like, I need something to take care of. I need something that needs me so that I can show up for myself more, too. So, like, it, don't ever think that if you're in a low place that you shouldn't get a pet because it, it makes you show up better for yourself and yeah. like you know I've had my pet since I got I started Sober Saturdays so he's turning four in March and I'm like that, that little dude has helped me through so many things and like helped me take care of myself and like cheered me up when I'm crying you know or like makes me go out to the beach when I like I don't want to go outside you know like mm. they're really really helpful yeah definitely talking about are wonderful animals so um my 10 year old mastiff was my best friend and i got her when i was actually um struggling with alcohol as well 10 years ago 11 years ago um i got her and i think she saved my life for sure and um with the mass on her heart and with um really bad hips she stuck around until i sobered up yeah. Yeah. Seven weeks after. Yeah. Yeah. She out another seven weeks. Yeah. So animals are incredible. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, one last question for you, ladies. If you have any advice to anyone who is thinking of changing their relationship with alcohol, what advice would you give? <laughs> Miss Katie, take um, it away. My advice might be a little taboo. Um, I'm a bit of like a rule breaker and I'm a brat. So <laughs> no. Like I couldn't, I couldn't like look myself in the mirror and be like, you can never do that again. Cause I'd be like, all right. Like that would just make me want to do it more. <laughs> so for me, like, you know, um, traditional, um, traditional education around sobriety never really worked for me. And so like, you know, reading things like Ruby Warrington's book, Sober Curious, um, was really helpful for me. Um, just kind of becoming like your own social experiment. So like, for example, when I would go to the, like, when I would go to work, I, you know, I would go in with the intention, like, I'm not drinking tonight. And then, you know, I'd come out two hours later and I'd be wasted and mad at myself. And I'm like, but why did that happen? Like, I don't want to be mad at myself. I want to understand why I did that. And so as I got more curious, you know, that's when I started to notice like, oh, like you can't dance right now unless you have a drink. And so instead of being like, you must dance, like that was a stage I got to at one point. I'd be like, okay, you can go talk to three people first and then you can have a drink. And so for me, like I harm reductioned myself to a place where I no longer needed those things to be myself and so mm. i guess what i'm trying to say is just there's no one way to go about it for me recovery is like an ebb and flow you know like 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 you i've gone years without drinking i've gone months without drinking i've gone days without drinking and i think it's just important to listen to your body and like follow your intuition more than anything intuition mm. yeah definitely no but it's good like yeah just follow your intuition try anything and everything Mm -hmm. like just put yourself out there you know and it's all like that's the thing when you first turn sober like magical things happen yes like i had like one after another this girl that i met like my sister goes to a i'm like i don't know about that place like that's weird that's for really bad alcoholics i just i never really associated like i don't know yeah. But I went and so I went for you know six months and then my friend told me about ayahuasca and it's just all these things after another. So I find yeah. when you re- when you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self care goals. 
Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. Really want something? Just this might sound weird. Uh, it's not in the religious sense, but just pray. Pray to like a higher power to the universe, please. Like that's what yeah. I did. I yeah. prayed so hard the night before my sobriety. I woke up and I literally heard a voice as soon as I opened my eyes. Like it's done. And after that, things just started falling in place. Like people wow. should show up, and yeah. I just I'm like this is weird. Like What's it just it's crazy. You were talking about. Um, how like when you've been trying to quit but it wouldn't, then the universe was like, quit now, concussion. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I find things like that happen to me. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like you know the signs, you can feel it, you can tell what you're supposed to do. But like from my experience anyways, it's like if the longer I ignore a message um, or an intuitive feeling, the, the harder the, the crash will be. Oh, but it goes yeah. the opposite also, you know? It's like if you're following the right, the right signs and you're following your intuition, then it can be better than you can imagine, and that's mm. just as mind-blowing. You're like, what if it turns out better than I can imagine? You know? uh, hello, uh, we're like living proof of that. Like, look at this. Like, like, me and Jess like, started talking on, like, this is my third or fourth time now on your podcast. Yeah. When I first started talking with her, I was like 26, being like, I don't know, you know? And it, like, to see it grow to this, to see a room full of people, to see a, a bar of alcohol-free products is like, I could bring tears to my eyes, honestly, because I've been yeah. trying to import seed lip and from like Europe into Canada since like four years ago, you know? Yeah. Like, people don't understand like how, how much of a, how much of a, um, a ripple effect a space like this has because, you know, mm-hmm. even like I, I know in here, I work with some people, like I still work at a club, you know, and we talk about how, you know, like we're gonna have to go there later tonight and like, wouldn't it be nice if we could have some alcohol-free tequila there, you know, instead of awkwardly all night trying to avoid it or trying to convince mm. people otherwise, it's like, it, we just need to change the environment. And so yeah. all of you here are, are literally helping facilitate that. Definitely. Carol? Oh. <laughs> no, you have no advice? All of us together um, now. Oh. <laughs> um, I think that if you're curious about quitting, um, there isn't a right way. I think um, connecting with people that aren't drinking from all walks of life um, maybe one's an AA, the other one is doing this thing where they're still eating a bunch of mushrooms but not drinking. Another person is just like you know, drinking once a week or whatever. Um, just having a, a, a mashup of all these different walks of life is um, a way for you to figure out what's the best way for you to go about it. Like for me, um, alcohol is like an ex-boyfriend I want nothing to do with. It's there, I wish them well, whatever. Um, fortunately, but for some people, they truly need to stay out of these spaces. Um, alcohol is extremely triggering, and uh, yeah, we're just all different. So you got to figure out what works for you. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, thank you so much, ladies. We're going to open it up to any questions from the audience. Does anyone have any questions, comments? Come on, don't leave me hanging here. No one has a question for me or our panelists. Pardon? Where do you tap? Oh, okay. So, um, so for I can explain tapping to you. Um, so, if you've ever gotten acupuncture, you have like there's over 300 points on your body. But essentially, um, the way that I describe it is like so your body doesn't know the difference between if you're feeling anxious because there's a tiger literally chasing you, or if you have OCD and you didn't line up the toothpaste properly. Like your body's gonna react in the same intense way. Um, and so 
what you want to do is communicate with your body when you're having those feelings to essentially tell it that we're not being chased by a tiger. So there's certain points on your body, like the first one's here, second one's on the side, under your eye, here, um, chest, and then on the side. But so essentially what you do is you talk about the thing that stresses you out. Um, for example, like if you've ever noticed when you go to talk therapy, when you talk about the thing that stresses you out, it leaves you feeling stressed out and there isn't a way to um, diffuse the situation. This uh, literally changes your parasympathetic nervous system so that your body no longer responds in that way. So you talk about the thing that is stressing you out. It literally, you know, I've been doing a lot of stuff on like money beliefs, like unlearning money beliefs from like, cause I grew up in a trailer park. I grew up with like some really small thinking money beliefs that I want to unlearn. And so, you know, you can tap on the part of your body um, while you're talking about it to essentially let your body know that you no longer need to react in that way and that you're safe. And it's pretty mind blowing because, you know, I had this one PTSD memory. Anytime I would see a white van, I would have a PTSD episode. Um, because of something that happened to me when I was younger and it wasn't something that people could see from the outside um, But for the rest of the day, I would be having to fight what I was going through just from seeing a sliver of a white man mm -hmm. and so um, You know, I, I would do like this tapping meditation essentially about this white man and it was really cool The next time I saw one I didn't freak out and I was like like no one could tell but I was like man, I'm, I'm not freaking out right now like <laughs> this is amazing and so um, yeah, I guess like for like Sober Saturdays, I try really hard to give people tools that they can use in that moment that doesn't cost any money, um, that will like inherently change how their body functions. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Um, hi. What is, what is something that has surprised you about getting sober? Ooh, that's a good one. Man, it's what like surprise you? You think you're not going to be fun. Like, I'm actually more yeah. sensual. I'm more sexy. Like, I'm funnier. Like, I, I'm more athletic. Like, honestly, all of the things that I was scared about that I was going to lose when I got sober were actually, like, I never actually experienced them because I was, I was hungover or drunk all the time. Yeah. And you just, you don't know it until you take a step away from it. And it's like, yeah, I think that was the most, that was the biggest thing for me. Um... I think sex is way better sober. Uh, yep. Way better. Um, that's probably my favorite. Yeah. 100%. Um, it goes back to, I guess, what we talked about, like, uh, the way that people would, like, react to me. I'm like, wow. Uh, like, I just felt, like, respected and just, that gave me so much confidence. I was like, this yeah. is awesome. Like, I've go, like, I remember going to the Calgary Stampede, and I would go because I was an account executive, so I'd go, I would always schedule it mm. you know, every year. I'm like, oh, of course, I bring my cowboy boots and meet my friends there because I grew up in Edmonton. So it was always the time of like, you know, drinking and that whole week. Yeah. So it was my first time going sober, and I'll never forget it. I remember dancing and just the way that people, I was like, wow. And that gave me like, yeah. that, mm. that made me like high off. Like, totally. Like, I was like, oh, it's just, and I don't know, I, I made friends. Um, funny because my one year sobriety I made friends again with the people that I was previously drinking with okay and I was like DD yeah and I'd drive around and <laughs> I, I made you. some new friends too within that group and so that whole summer I was like it was weird they were doing like drugs in the back seat I'm like what am I doing <laughs> <laughs> so like, on my one year sobriety they were like off my coffee table and everyone my friends yeah. were like what is happening my other friends like so but yeah I just you know that was just one thing I did for that summer um yeah <laughs> But I was DD and it was just eye opening. But I noticed the way that people treated me. I was like, wow, it was yeah. different. Like I just like they were like, like you're so much fun, and I was like, this is awesome. Like that's the one thing I I was scared of. Yeah. Like yeah. not being fun, and you know to hear that from people like you're actually so much fun and was yeah. like, you're my favorite. I'm like this is great. Or like realizing that you, you have so much fear. Yeah. Thinking so that you're much fear. Be boring. So that's what surprised <laughs> me. I was like, oh, I guess I can be fun. You're not boring, girl. So yeah. yeah. Or like realizing, yeah. like realizing what you actually like. Like when I first got sober, I was trying so hard to be the cool sober girl, and I would like go to these parties, and I'd be like, I can be here, and then I'm like, Do I even want to be here? Like, exactly. I, I, think I was drinking because I don't like this. <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm trying to hang out with y'all, and I'm like, No, I can still do this. I'm like, You never wanted to do it. Like that's yeah. why you're anxious. Like. That, yeah, I guess like also like learning to listen to your body, you know, like I always say pay attention to how people make you feel If I walk yeah. into a room and I feel like I need to drink to be around you like I shouldn't be around you And like Ugh. just like learning to respect that inside yourself instead of being like no This is like a family dinner. I need to be here. I'm like sorry family like 
learn how to make me feel more comfortable in this experience or like I literally can't be here. Yeah. But yeah. Definitely. That's what I to say. Um, I didn't surround myself in that environment, I just want to say. Yeah. Um, but I had to say, like, after hanging out with the drinking people again, sober, I always tell this to my boyfriend, I'm like, I'll never forget that because at the end of the summer, I, like, every summer would be a shit show when I'd be drinking. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so reliving a summer around that kind of environment, I remember at the end of August being like, I didn't achieve anything. Like, I had all these nine months leading up to it, I was doing so much, all these things were, che- like, I was mm-hmm. so productive and then just, surrounding myself in that being the dd and just like it's just you know they say you are like the five most people you surround so 100 percent energy i felt like i stopped kind of yeah making that good progress and even though i wasn't drinking i I felt like i was like like this so i know you gotta surround yourself around good people and yeah people too i think is really important totally that fuel you mm-hmm. you know and support you yeah. love it mm-hmm. so then you don't have to you don't lose yourself just trying to translate yourself to everyone totally yeah. oh yes yeah the other cool thing too was like um like i don't know if many people here go to festivals but like going to my first festival alcohol free was like so weird because obviously with no parents i was just like a 10 out of 10 person i was like how long can i stay awake um <laughs> <laughs> it was fun sometimes. Um, but like going to my first um, festival sober was really interesting because instead of, you know, staying up till 7 a.m., I was like, oh, I'm going to like 6 a.m. yoga. And like, mm. you know, while everyone else was hungover, like I had this like these beautiful moments at festivals where everyone is asleep or trying to sleep and no one is awake, but like you're in a good headspace and you get like the whole festival to yourself and you can like yes. go with your tea and you're just like, this is my festival now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get completely different way whereas like usually I'd be like hurting like uh, hurting right now or like when you leave a festival like really hurting for weeks after and it was like oh. now I've gotten to a place where like I can go to a festival and I can use the energy there to be creative and to have fun and I can leave feeling better than when I got there which is I don't mm. think a lot of people even know that that's possible you know totally it, it is it's possible yeah 100% does anyone else have any more questions Mm. Yeah. relax i'm drinking to relax that's a big one then i take it off of me and i'm not like well blah blah blah. it's like no like you think about this for yourself yeah (laughs) and i'm gonna be over here dancing okay if you want to talk about it again later let me know (laughs) you think about what you're doing think about what you're asking me (laughs) get in that corner yeah (laughs) well then it makes them think because you can ripple effect that too you know like sometimes i'll like because when I go out, you know, I often have, like, people who are, like, high or drunk come up to me because I'm in these festival spaces, and they start telling me about, like, their uncle who had a drinking problem, blah, 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 and I'm like, I am not here to talk about this. I'm literally trying to process my own emotions so I can be here, and you're making it harder for me, which is fine, but, like, <laughs> learning how to, like, approach it because the more you try and argue with them or, the, like, the longer the story goes, like you're saying, and then you're like, next thing you know, you're like, well, I grew up in this situation, and like, I had to go through this, and you're like, who are you? Why am I justifying my existence to you right now? Yeah. It's like, you're just curious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just lie. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can totally lie. You can say anything, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you really don't owe anyone anything. No, you, no. Yeah. No. You can say you're the DD, or you're yeah. just on a cleanse. Cleanses work. Vancouver. Yeah. Pregnant? Pregnant's a good one, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Super pregnant. Yeah. 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 
Like five year pregnancy, whoa. <laughs> My boyfriend always has to go around like events, like industry events and stuff, and he always has like soda with like lemon and make it look like yeah. he's drinking. Um, he fakes it, yeah. Not that like he's like makes people believe that he's drinking, but yeah, to avoid even that question, make yeah, him get go to the sensorium girls. Seriously, I think you guys got some good drinks, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I gotta look at it. Cause, yeah. Uh, yeah, and just bringing your own, like, there's even this one brand called Sober Carpenter. Because oh, yeah. I love, like, oh, IPAs and stuff. Mm. And they've got some good ones. Like, I'm sure you guys have some good yeah. ones too. Check them out. Um, but yeah, just bring your own and. Bring your own drinks. And ghost. Yeah. Like, I, I do have ghost. a drink. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Me, like. mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you don't really owe anyone anything. Right, you don't owe them an explanation unless it is like a friend or someone who is of meaning to you. Then maybe that's like a longer conversation, not at a bar. Yeah, in the middle of the desk. Yeah, but you, you know, you kind of have to advocate for yourself and what's good for you. If everyone else is drinking, great. Or if everyone else is jumping off the bridge, like, are you going to? Yeah. Another thing too is like you can just be like, oh, I'm just taking a little bit of a break. I think that's what he would say too, to put the pressure off, like. Because then that's kind of scary to say, I quit. It's such a, like, yeah. final, and then it's like, oh, this, and create that conversation, like, oh, wow. like what, you have a problem? Do you have um, a problem with mayonnaise? Say, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whenever we'll say that, whenever we'll say that, parties, and they'll be like, oh, what's your problem? Don't go near Carrie. All right, here we go. Yeah. You're my problem right now. You have, like, an hour, because we're going to really get into this. Yeah, you can just say, I'm just taking a little bit of a We're going to do break. some Reiki, lay yeah. down. We're going to do some Reiki, lay down. I'm really going to just... <laughs> Transferred yeah, into you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Amazing, amazing. Okay, one more question. Anyone else have one more question? Yes. Oh. That was yeah. me. I, yeah. it scared the shit out of me. That was the biggest thing because, like, I'm like, how am I going to do this? I knew I had to get sober to get, or to get a boyfriend. I had to get sober. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, how am it's I going to get one. sober? <laughs> My God, I'd, I'd be freaking out. And but I would just tell them ahead of time, like, just because I've been eating them mostly through like Tinder and stuff. So like, yeah, yeah. just like you know, I'm just sober. And, yeah. So, um, but it was scary. It was really scary. Like just meeting, like maybe. Date day dates and stuff that's like, yeah, we're not yeah. wearing booze maybe too. I I think um, I I kind of just changed the dialogue within myself. Like I realized, you know, lots of times I'd like go home with dudes or I'd spend I'd go on more dates with dudes because I was drunk and so my my like the the way that I was authentically feeling wasn't how I was authentically feeling and so the conversation that kind of switched from I guess how do I explain this. When I was drinking, I would be more concerned about whether or not they liked me, or sometimes I would be fooled and think I liked them more than I did because I had been drinking. And so I wanted to have an authentic connection with someone, so I'd be like, rule number one forever, even if I do drink or if I ever have kids and they are questioning drinking, is like, don't ever drink on a date because that's how we get wrapped up in these relationships we're not supposed to be in, or at least for me. Um, and so the conversation switched from, do they like me to, do I even like them? You know, and if you can't think of something creative to take me out on, if you can't make me dinner, you can't take me to a coffee shop, then I'm like, I ain't interested. Like, if the conversation is, hey, want to grab a drink? I'm like, no, I'm good. And not because, well, maybe I won't find a boyfriend if I can't go for a drink. It's like, because that's literally boring. <laughs> but that's boring to me. And so just, like, deciding within yourself, like, do I want someone who can think outside the box? Because then you look for that, and you don't have to feel bad about not going for a drink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting because when I decided I wasn't going to drink anymore, I really attracted men that weren't big drinkers or they didn't drink at all. So it's so interesting what the universe brings so towards you. Um, when I was drinking, it was like mm-hmm. raging alcoholics. So, you know, <laughs> men that needed a nightcap, right? Yeah. So, or, you know, so yeah, it's, it's 
when you put yourself first and you know that that isn't going to work for you and it's a great buffer like you know you watch a guy put down seven drinks on a date you're probably not going to want to see him again if if sobriety is important to you yeah Definitely. Too. Like I remember when I first was dating someone, you know, like the first Tinder person I met off or like had sex with when I was sober was like I didn't tell them, and it was like this experience that I had to go through myself, and it was like kind of awkward, but at the same time it was funnier for me to see them not be comfortable in their own bodies that they had to be drunk to sleep with a girl. You know what I mean? Mm. And it was like okay, well I want to be with someone who's confident, you know, and if like. You know, I went to a wedding with someone, and before we got to the wedding, they had to pound a bunch of beers in a hotel because they were nervous about going there. And I was like, this is just weird. Like, I want to be with someone who's working on themselves and that, like, like, I can bring into a room and be like, we can be here without needing something, you know? So yeah. I think just getting clear on what your standards or your non-negotiables, as I like to call them, are, and, like, if those piss people off, it's like, well, then go somewhere else. Yeah. Like, I've got standards, and they're, please take care of yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you and good night. Um, amazing. Thank you, ladies, so, so much for sharing your experiences and your knowledge with us. Let's give them a round of applause. Thank you. This has been so lovely. Once again, a huge shout out to our three panelists. This was such an amazing, magical event. For our first event, it went over better than I could ever, ever imagined. That being said, we are ready for round two in April. So Vancouver Sober Girls, look out. We are ready to rock once again. And after that, we are ready to take this show on the road. So we are coming to a city near you. Make sure you follow A Sober Girls Guide on Facebook and Instagram. And head to asobergirlsguide.com. We have tools, tips, and tricks for every stage of your journey. We got your back and have you covered. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.